All right, we're going from fire fizzle to the live wire with Josh Fitty Marlowe, our favorite gangster in the studio. Mm. Go ahead, Fitty. Hit him with the live wire. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the All right, guys, it's coordinator day over at the bank as the Panthers coordinators address the media and the Panthers defensive coordinator, Jero Averro. He spoke on how Brian Burns is handling himself amid all the contract issues with the Panthers front office. I thought last week, uh, you know, he handled it like a pro. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into all the nitty gritty with the business part of it, but uh, just watching the preparation in the meeting rooms, um, watching the way he uh, prepared uh, in the weight room and all of those things, the way he was on the practice field, the way he always is on the practice field. He does a hell of a job. Um, he practices. Uh, it's no surprise he plays the way he does when you watch him practice. And so, uh, yeah, he's done a really good job, uh, and I think he's handling it the best he can. You know, y- y'all talked about the matchups back in the the – second segment of the 12 o'clock hour for the Panthers defense to have a chance to hold up against this, this saints passing game. This has to be the Brian Burns game of, of all time. Right? Like he has to be the best defensive player on the field for four quarters. He was in the first two against Atlanta kind of disappeared in the second half. That can't happen with the way that secondary is uh, banged up right now with injuries. Yeah. I think Derek Brown can also show up. And if those guys can start getting after it and even Justin Houston, I mean, this pass rush, while it was a concern over the off season, this is a unit that I think can get after Derek Carr, especially with this offensive line. You're right, Fiddy. Like it would be very nice to see Brian Burns have a spectacular game. And we got to see it really against Atlanta. And I know people are pointing to the sacks only in the first half, but I still think Brian Burns' presence was felt throughout that game. And Atlanta adjusted. They and talked y- about how Atlanta get their whole offense away from him in the second half. Well, and think about this, too. If you're talking about Desmond Ritter only having 18 pass attempts when you're discussing the average depth per target being the worst in the NFL in week one, and you still so he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly and he's not passing all that much anyway and you still are able to pass rush the way you were it puts in context just how dominant he was getting after the passer there's not many opportunities at all against atlanta to post high sack numbers and that's exactly what he was able to do alongside of Derek brown that he's right though you'd love to see him show up a big way again against new Orleans. well that's going to be the case anyway when you talk about a team that was tied for 25th last year in sacks brian burns is going to have to show up and be a big dog every single week and be if not the best one of the best on the field so yeah it's going to be paramount this week that he comes out and has a big game because they're going to need that pass rush especially against an offensive line that showed some vulnerability in their first outing What's your next highlight, Fitty? All right, let's go to the offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown. He met with the media as well, and we're all anticipating the return of DJ Chark on Monday night, and he spoke about how excited he is to see how he's going to work and fit in his offense. DJ has been a big part of what we've been building so far. was highly effective for us through all phase one, phase two, phase three, and OTAs, and obviously through training camp as well. But we'll see how that goes. We'll still have a healthy rotation in general with all our wideouts, but uh, definitely looking forward to getting back at some point. Is he the key to unlocking Bryce Young's ability to throw the deep ball? Because we, he was 0 of 17 on passes 13 yards or deeper in week one. Does that number change with DJ Chark on the field against the Saints? I think it does. I believe in DJ Chark, and I know a lot of people don't. It's not He's not the greatest receiver, but I think he's valuable. I think even with Carolina bringing him in late, 
I still he'd have a roster spot elsewhere and be on the field elsewhere. This isn't like they gave an opportunity to some scrub that shouldn't be out there playing significant snaps. He did so for a high power offense last year when he came back from injury and really helped the Jared Goff and the rest of those receivers get open. Now, yeah, you could argue Amon Ross St. Brown and some of the other pass catchers allowed Chark to get open. He's not going to have that kind of talent surrounding him. That's all fair. I still think this is a valuable football player. And if Terrace Marshall can give you something more than he did in the first game. Disappointing that he quit on that go route. Jonathan Mingo, we know, is continuing to grow. I think DJ Chark can help Bryce Young quite a bit. I think he's going to help him, but I think that number that Fiddy referenced there with that statistic is going to come up by default anyway. They'll be able to scheme open uh, some plays for him to be able to get that will be over 13 yards. At least I'd like to think so. So I think the chart will definitely have an impact on that, but I think just the coaching staff in general, they may be able to scheme some ways for him to be able to hit some of those throws. couple coordinator comments. What other highlights do you have for us? All right, guys. Everybody is anticipating the Colorado State, Colorado showdown this Saturday, 10 p.m. Game day is in Boulder for the first time, I think, since the mid-1990s, uh, which goes to show you just how bad this week of college football is. Colorado State said, Coach, in his uh, coaches show last night, which I didn't know Colorado State's head coach had a coaches show, he, he took a shot at primetime when talking about a production meeting he had with Bo ESPN. I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off, and I took my glasses off. I, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talked <laughs> So, Oh, the clapping. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> he takes his glasses off. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't wear a hat. Woo! Yeah. That seems like the wrong thing to clap about. And it also seems like Colorado is about to clap back with this performance on Saturday. You are not lying. You do not take digs at a man's mother because that's what that was. That was shade at Mama Sanders. And so Dion, for a team that takes every little thing as a slight, every little thing to motivate them, you better believe after he just disrespected his mom like that, it's on and popping. And Dion and them are going to try to beat them by a thousand if they weren't already. Okay. You just brought up the mom disrespect. Mm-hmm. I will tie this back to Menace, Soci- uh, Menace to Society. Mm-hmm. The opening scene. What did you say about my mama? I feel sorry for your mother. I feel sorry for your mother. Yeah. Mm. Is Deion Sanders really about to hear all of this and then make it personal, just like Shador Sanders said at the podium, too, after the Nebraska game? Why are they giving them this material? Why? I, it, it can't it can't end well for Colorado. And I know State. you shouldn't be scared of your opponent or whatever the case may be. And I'm not saying Colorado State needs to be scared, but of the disrespectful things you could say to them, this is the one. Okay, you're gonna disrespect the man's mom. I don't know that I've heard a college coach ever or a coach ever throw shade at somebody's mom and their upbringing. Give that time. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've heard I don't that know if at that's all. It, um, yeah, no, I'm with you though. Yeah, there, yeah, there's never anything. Mr. Shador, we know Mr. Shador Sanders how he feels about disrespect. So you're talking about grandma? He doesn't care if Boulder hears it. Though. Yeah, you're talking about grandma now. Come on. All right. Let's move on. I'm scared for them. I'm here. I'm really scared for them. What else you have for us here, Fiddy? All right. Well, we're not going to move on from the Colorado talk because we got a comment from Deion Sanders. And, like, what he's doing at Colorado is special. It was unexpected, a 2-0 start. They're ranked inside the top 20 in the AP poll. He sat down with the production crew at the university, and he was asked, are you enjoying the start at all? And he compared himself 
to a figure that we all celebrate around Christmas time. Do you take time to just soak it in and enjoy the moment a little bit? And no, not it? really. I don't have time to enjoy the moment. I don't, uh, you, Santa don't have time. <laughs> you know, he got to deliver gifts. He ain't got time to enjoy his cookies. Okay, that's all he gets. I ain't got time for that. I got to keep it going. I got to keep this machine going and uh, make sure we stay on the right path and make sure we're locked in and we're focused on the right things. Make sure we're practicing adequately. Make sure we're giving it our all. Making sure we're making the right adjustments and doing the playing the proper personnel. So it's a lot. It's, it's a lot driving this train. It's not easy. All right. So I don't know if anybody has ever seen Malcolm in the Middle. It's a very underrated show. You used to love it. There's a scene in one of the shows where all the three Troublemaker boys that are hilarious, they come across a water slide. And since they're always up to no good, they're trying to figure out what to do with it. And they just don't know. And then they just have all this anxiety trying to figure out the perfect prank or the perfect way to use it. And they just don't understand how. I don't have time to enjoy cookies is the water slide for me. I want to use that soundbite somehow as a staple. I ain't got time to enjoy these cookies. <laughs> I see a water slide that I don't know what to do with, that I have anxiety trying to figure out the perfect way to incorporate it in the show. But damn it, that is a great soundbite from Deontay. Yeah, and I know we're up against it, but real quick, I think that's how a lot of these coaches feel now, man. College football with all of the recruiting transfer portal, you have to recruit your players. You have to recruit new players. Then you have to make sure you got practice going and make sure your team's ready to play. I don't blame him at all for those comments. I mean, it really is like these coaches in college football today and this era with everything going on, you don't have time to enjoy much of anything ever. I ain't got time to enjoy these cookies <laughs> ever. The cookie's going to sit there. The milk is going to sit there and spoil because these coaches have way too much on their plates now.